This is episode 118 on the Herpreneur Show. Today we have CEO and founder of her business, Susie Daphnis. Welcome to the Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Just got back from my first time of travel in the past two years. Wow. I tell you what, it was just so nice to get on a plane. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's quite strange. You get on a plane and you can't wait to get off, but it was actually really, really enjoyable. So we had a speaking engagement over in Queensland. So I decided just to take a trip, pull Braxton out of school for a week and give him some life experience, seeing us get mic'd up, being backstage and him just seeing the whole event process. He's witnessed it when he was young, but now he's seven, he gets a better idea. So just to be able to see that, We also gave him the opportunity to jump up on stage and say hello to everybody at the end of the show. It was just a beautiful experience to give him. And then obviously while we're over on the east side, we milked it. We went to movie land, SeaWorld, and then got to catch up with my family back in Sydney. So we were a bit scared. We were worried about the travel. And we were like, you know what? You only live once. Just get out there and let's just enjoy life. It was so great just to be able to go out there, come back, and the business still thrives. And that's the beautiful thing about being able to build a business, build a business where it's sustainable, something that is scalable, that allows you to be able to live the lifestyle that you want. You don't want to have to be at your desk the whole time. It's about building a lifestyle, building a business that you absolutely love. And talking about that today, we have Susie Daphnis, the CEO of her business, Her business is a collaborative online community for women who are growing and scaling their business. She has a big passion and it's helping women in business to be able to create impact, more income and results. Now, for the past 25 years, her business has provided mentoring, training to help women grow a sustainable business. And that's what we want is sustainable. There's no use building a business where we're burning out. And you girls know how passionate I am about stopping the burnout and managing your adrenals and managing your life and being able to grow a business so it's a viable business. Susie started her business in a spare room of her home in her late 20s. She had no savings. She had no business degree. And she was able to build the business to an $18 million business with 45 staff in offices in Australia, New Zealand, and the US. Today, Susie has grown multiple million dollar businesses, online, offline, product-based, surface-based, you name it, she has done it. And that's why Susie is able to deliver the best education, mentors, resources around the globe. You're going to hear today, Susie has been around the traps. She was around before podcasts, webinars. She was actually one of the first women to build an online community, one of the first women to really take webinars to a brand new level. Absolutely love this interview. It's a fast-paced one. Hang on to your hats, girls. Let me introduce you to the CEO and the founder of her business, Susie Daphnis. Hey, thank you. 
you, Annette. I'm very excited to speak to you and to hopefully share a little bit of my many, many years now of uh, business experience with your listeners. Fantastic. Now, Susie, I love to start, and you've got a beautiful office there. Where do you reside? Where is your beautiful office? What do you call home and where do you reside? These days I live in uh, Sydney, Australia. This is our head office and I'm one of those business owners who still likes to get up and go to an office and we've been lucky enough even during um, COVID to, you know, be able to get to an office and be there. And um, not that I don't work from home and not that I don't work on weekends, you know, at the dining table or in my home office, but I still like to come to an office. So we're we're in Sydney, Australia and we're just actually in the process of building and designing and developing our brand new headquarters. Um, and which will be moving into beginning of next year is what the builders are telling us. <laughs> so exciting, hey? Now, I knew you back in the day. You had Australian Business Women's Network. You were general manager there. I think I did a presentation for you on sales. I think it was around 2010. You've been around the traps for so long and we had a little bit of a really quick conversation off air about these influencers that we see out there. Now, you are a true influencer in business and I just want to say it's so great to have you on the show and I want to dive into a little bit about your past. Did you fall into entrepreneurship? How did the Australian Business Women's Network come along? Because that's when I first came across you and um, really just been, been following you ever since. Thank you so much. I do remember us speaking. I think we may even have uh, an interview between you and me in one of our resource libraries. So we've known each other or we met a long time ago. So I first got involved with this organization when I had just started my own business. I had just started an events business. I'd been retrenched and out of the spare room of our home office, my partner PJ and I decided we would start an events business. And I was looking for somewhere to market this speaker that we were bringing out from the US. He was an author whose book I had read and loved and we thought we would book the exhibition, the convention center and a number of hotels around the country and bring him out. And so I was looking for places to market and I came across the Australian Business Women's Network, which was a business women's network. And they had a newsletter and they would let you put something inside their newsletter as they old school, mailed it to their different members. So I got talking to the founder of that organization and she said, look, I really like the sound of you. Would you like to run Sydney? I said, no, I've just started my own business. I hardly know what I'm doing, let alone running something for you. And PJ said, you know what? You're looking to build your network. You're looking to make contacts. Maybe this would be a good thing. And really what would be running the network in Sydney? It would be putting on events, which is what you know how to do. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll do it. I'll try this out. And within less than I think it was a year, uh, the woman who started the Australian Business Women's Network retired to country Victoria. She'd had two little kids. So it must have been a couple of years. And I bought the business from her. And I ran it always on the uh, smell of an oily rag, as they say. I had my core business, which was this event business, which we grew into an $18 million business with offices in um, the US and in New Zealand. And on the side was this other passion project of mine where I was working with business owners to help them upskill and make connections with each other. Then when I sold my events business in 2007, I moved back to Australia. I'd been living in the US for seven years and I thought, I want to All I want to do is work with women, but I have to change this business model. It can't be this association-style organization with canapes and guest speakers every month. I need to take it online. 
And at that point, or soon after, we changed the name to Her Business. And what that did was it really um, took us from sounding like an association-style organisation to being this different entity that now wasn't locked by the by the boundaries of Australia. And we did something which was very difficult at the time, and that was we took a totally offline business and brought it totally online at a time where it was still very, very early days and people weren't as used to, you know, being on Skype or being on Zoom or being on um, Facebook all of that was kind of very, very new. And um, so that's kind of that transition. But I've been in business since I was 27 years old, having started my first business out of the spare room uh, of our apartment. Um, But this business, her business, is kind of where my heart has been all along, and that is around supporting women business owners. Mm. How was it doing a brand name change? I actually remember when the email came through and I actually had Herpreneur, the Herpreneur event. So I remember seeing her business and I was like, oh, gosh, someone's got the name Her. <laughs> ah, no. Well, I saw Herpreneur this morning. I thought, oh, isn't that interesting how many businesses in her? So who knew? <laughs> yeah. So I did Herpreneur, I think it was back in 2012. And I remember seeing her business come through and I remember going, oh, wow, what is this? And I realized it was the, it was like the next evolution Can you take us through what it was like to do that evolution and putting that new name out there? Just take us through that whole rebrand. So in 2008, that we were going to finally one day change the name to Her Business. And I started the Her Business podcast uh, and the Her Business blog, excuse me. And then we had the Her Business podcast and then we had the Her Business newsletter, but we were still called the Australian Business Women's Network. And we had had so much PR over the years, years and years where we would induct women into the Hall of Fame and we would get front page PR. and, And so there was a lot of Uh, in time and energy invested in a name that had been around for 20 years at the time. So I hesitated, even Mm. though it felt incongruent with who we had become. And sometimes as business owners, we we haven't quite caught up to who we are now. Right. And people, you know, we've Mm -hmm. moved, but we haven't taken all of us with us. And so it was at one of my board meetings where I said to the board, you know what, I think I'm finally ready. And they went, hallelujah. You've been kind of inching your way there. You've been inching your way there. But then I thought, it's going to be expensive. I need to change the website. I want to change so much. And one of the other things I did was I brought myself to the front of the business. So whereas before I had been the maestro behind the scenes, coordinating the speakers and bringing world-class experts and best-selling authors to the to our audience, now I was putting myself front and center and finally showing up in a different way and um, allowing people to have not only the experience of the wonderful people that I bring and continue to bring to them through our book club or through our events or through our summits and all those things, but also sharing my experience. Because by this time, I'd grown a business from zero to 18 million. I'd gone from zero staff to 45 staff. I'd gone from um, being offline to online. I'd had a product-based business and a service-based business and sold low-cost items and sold high-cost items. So I had all this experience that I was able to share. And Annette, what happened one day is I was interviewing Seth Godin, the amazing author of so many great marketing books. And I was interviewing him. And just before we were about to go live, this was on a webinar. And we've been doing webinars since 2006, so a long time. And he said, Susie, I love that you are supporting me in the release of my new book. And I love that you are bringing an opportunity for authors to share their message. But when do we get to hear from you. And I said, I love being the host of this show and I love coordinating. He said, that's not what I'm asking you. When do we get to hear your story? When do we get to hear your experience? And I just gulped 
I was the biggest gulp. I was like, I'm not ready. (laughs) But it was a turning point for me. And I decided to just double down and back myself, something that I'm having to and enjoy supporting women to do every single day, to back ourselves and to put ourselves right into the heart of our business. And so we've been her business for five or six years now, and that brand has now proliferated. That's the word. I couldn't get it out. Um, You know, it's everywhere. And we've got the, you know, it's a trademark brand and we've protected it and protected it and, you know, had people stop using, you know, that. And so we're we're very committed to it. You have coached thousands of business women. Mm. You must see there's a pattern. There's a pattern with obstacles. There's a pattern with what holds them back. There's a pattern with what stops them from growing their business. What would you say yeah. what would you say would be some of the biggest obstacles that stop women right now really growing business to the level mm. they want it to be? I love this question because I do see it every single day because as you said I've coached thousands of business owners and I continue to each year. And there's a couple of things. One is and this is probably the first thing. Well there's there's a number of things. One is trying to do it on your own. And so staying in isolation not seeking out peers and mentors and a network and having people around you to support you. So just trying to do it on your own and trying to grow your business on your own. There's just no reason to do that these days where there's amazing communities available of like-minded women. So that's the first thing. The other thing is not having focus and clarity about what to do next. And so you find yourself going this way and that way, following bright, shiny objects, because you haven't got a clear vision. You haven't developed a clear plan. You're not clear on your messaging. So when you go to introduce yourself, you're fumbling your words or you're oversharing or you feel like you're being salesy or smarmy. And you're marketing. You're trying to be all the things. You're on all the socials. You're doing the lead magnets and the challenges and the podcasts and the webinars and the all the things, and you don't have a very clear focus. And here's what I have found is that those who do less and obsess, one of my favorite quotes by from a book by an author called Morton Hansen, when you do less and obsess, that's when you make progress. It's not when you're trying to do all the things. It's not when you are not spending enough time on your business and all your time is in your business. And just this morning, I was having a conversation with our couple of our members who are great examples of what's happening inside of our community, and that is women are growing six and seven figures businesses. And I said, tell me what you're focusing on. What do you focus on that perhaps those who are struggling are not focusing on? And here's what they said. They've got very, very clear about who their ideal client is. So they're not trying to be everything to everyone. They know the ideal client, they know their pain points, and they've developed their products and services knowing what those pain points are. So they're not throwing spaghetti at a wall. They've created very clear messaging so they can explain who they are, whether it's on their website or in their email signature. Um, And this is something we are very big about inside of her business. Mm -hmm. And so whether you go to their website or you see them in an interview or you um, see their email footer, it's got a very clear message about who they are, the pain or problem they solve, what they sell, and how they deliver their product and service. And when you get these few things, clarity and focus around these few things, it makes doing business so much easier because not having a plan, not having a clear vision, um, not knowing what to focus on next just throws you into overwhelm and confusion and keeps you from making the progress you want to make. I think this is a really good segue because I know you've got an invitation for the ladies listening about the day focus challenge. Can you actually share about that? Because I think that just lines up beautifully with what you just shared. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share this. So 
What I want to do is by the end of this challenge, have you know very clearly exactly what your next steps are to growing your business without feeling burnt out, without overworking, without feeling like you're juggling all the balls. And so I'm running a five-day online free challenge for women business owners. It starts Monday, the 28th of June and goes through to the 2nd of July. And by the end of the week, you will know very clearly the few things to focus on because there's just not enough of you to go around to do all the things. And when I work with successful business owners, here's what I see. They do fewer things and they do them better because you don't have to do all the things. You just want to know what to do next and what to do after that to make progress in your business. So, Women can join the challenge right now if they head on over to findyourfocuschallenge.com. That's findyourfocuschallenge.com. And Annette, do you have show notes? You can put that in as well. Great. And also, if you're listening to Apple iTunes, you can scroll below and there will be a link there to click through. Uh, Otherwise, if you go to as well, annettelackage.com forward slash Susie, and that's S-U-Z-I, and that's mm. also got all the information there. Perfect. So every single day we'll focus on one of those areas that I mentioned. Day one is fo- is vision day. Day two is planning day. Day three is about getting your messaging right so you're not oversharing. Day four is about a one-page marketing plan. And every single day we have prizes, we have um, uh, live reviews, we have hot seats, and it's a great way to meet other women business owners. But for me, the reason I am doing this, Annette, is because when we don't have focus and clarity – we end up confused. We end up overwhelmed. We end up burnt out. And you've been in business for a long time, just like I have. And it's actually the clearer and more focused we can be on who we're for, on what we offer, and on how we deliver what we do, um, the better our results. Yeah, absolutely. My husband and I just got into a brand new marketing group. We obviously expertise on sales, though we really wanted to sharpen the sword with marketing. And because we've coached so much about single focus and clarity and just having that right. one one laser focus, it's quite interesting where you can get pulled into groups there, do have that bright, shiny object and you want to do everything. You yeah. see all the things that you can do and you don't do anything right. So I love yeah. this focus challenge actually helps them really lay it out and get that complete clarity because clarity does get rid of overwhelm. And most of the reasons why women are overwhelmed because they don't have that direction. Their compass is not pointed to true north. Absolutely. Now, Susie, you've seen women in startup phases. You've seen women in growth phases, in scaling. You've probably dealt with women Mm -hmm. in exit. You've done exiting as well before. Our main two listeners Mm -hmm. are women in the startup phase and they're in the trenches, most of them, when you know them very well. And then you've got these incredible business women, and I've got these goosebumps because I know a lot of the women that listen to this show, they know they've got the goods and they're ready to expand. <laughs> they're ready to go to the next level. I'd love to start mm. to wrap up the interview with two best pieces of advice, one for the woman in the startup, whatever's coming now that you think is really good for them to hear, mm-hmm. and then one woman that's going through that growth phase, ready to go into that next yeah. chapter of herself, that next evolution. I love that you've split it into those two different types of business owners because, again, what you focus on when you're a startup you need to rewire it as you're growing because you don't need the same things. And so if you are just starting up, my advice to you is to surround yourself with great mentors. 
You've got Annette here. You want to be with people who ask more of you than you do. That's what my one of my biggest mentors, um, a man named Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he said to me, Susie, you always want to surround yourself with people who ask more of you than you do. And so when we're a startup, we can often be alone. Your parents love you. Your family loves you. Your friend loves you. But if they are not also growing and scaling a business, they don't really get you. They don't get excited when you say, hey, I just got another follow on Instagram or I just did my first lead magnet or I'm going to you know, do that great sales promotion or I'm using, you know, I managed to figure out this particular piece of technology. So find mentors, find your community, surround yourself with great people. And the other thing for you startups is you must start with knowing who your ideal client is before you go creating all the products and services. And Seth Godin, who I mentioned earlier in one of his books called This Is Marketing, and I have literally, Annette, I bought about 450 of those books and gave them to our members. Why? Because in it, he says, you want to be able to say, I made this for you, but not for you. We want to be able to that clearly say, I am for you or I'm not. Because in the end, we're not for everyone. And the more we try and be everything to everyone, the more we're not going to be really hitting our ideal client. So if you're just starting out, really figure out who you're for. That's going to make your social media easier. It's going to make creating your products and services easier. It's going to make life so much easier. And then don't try and figure it out all on your own. Find the right community and mentors and peers for you. Now, for those of you who are a little more experienced, you've been around the block a few times, I love you (laughs) because your problems are a little bit different, right? Because in the beginning, you were trying to get sales, you were figuring out your ideal client, you were figuring out your products and services, but now your problems are slightly different. Now you might have too many products and services. Perhaps you're growing a team, but maybe it's a little bit of a revolving door of people coming and going, or maybe things are falling through the cracks because your systems or your technology is not up to speed. And so for you, it's really about getting clarity and focus around having a plan, doing your financials. We call these our her business growth zones. And these are eight areas of business that any successful business has working for them. And we can be, and like I started off as a marketer and I knew something about events. That was my background. I didn't know people. I didn't know money. I don't know what your weaknesses were, Annette, but my were people, money, clueless. Technology, I kind of knew a bit. You know, my personal development, I've always done. But there were areas of business that were just big black holes. And while I'm not going to do them, um, and I haven't done them all my business life, and I don't recommend you do either, you want to make sure those areas of business are taken care of. So it's taking some time to sit back make sure that you're heading on the right track, right? You talked about pointing the compass in the right direction. One of the best things I did for myself, we were at about $300,000. And PJ and I took ourselves to a little house on Hyams Beach, a beach in New South Wales. And for three days, we unpacked the business. Like, how did we even get to this many staff members and this sort of revenue? And do we even love what we do? And we spent the weekend with flip chart paper and pens and just unpacking the whole thing and designing it again. And it was, you know, you have to take that time to make sure that that vision that you are pointed, you want to go because it can really unravel very quickly as you start to get successful because now you're juggling all the balls. Now you're the customer service person and you're filling in all the holes. And even though you've got some people in roles, maybe they're not autonomous enough. So you're still having to plug all the holes and you're just getting busier and busier. So you want to make sure that you're very clear about where to focus in your business for the stage that you're at right now, because it's different to when you were a startup and you need to let that identity go and step into who you really are. Just like I stepped into the Her Business brand at some point, it was a real shift for me because I had bought this business and all the while there was a trail of what it was. Mm -hmm. But I knew what I wanted to create was an online business so that I could help women in um, 
the you know smallest pockets of Australia and increasingly the world. And it takes making that mental shift first, going there in your mind, and then doing the things. Mm. Right? Quite often we just start doing, doing, doing. So I could spend an hour talking about that rather than designing. Mm our path and then stepping into that path. So startups, find mentors, find your tribe, growth, find your focus and figure out what you need to be working on next. Even if that means stopping, pausing Mm -hmm. and redesigning. Yeah. Love that. And I love that you were saying sometimes when you've created a business, you get to a level where you ask the question was, am I happy? And I remember a couple of years ago, this is when I changed direction. I was like, I'm just not happy anymore. I end up building something that I didn't love. And I had to everything back and I needed time just to refeel. It wasn't the thinking, it was the feeling, what is coming up for me? So I love that second piece of advice as well for the women in the growth phase. We talk about overwhelm. We talk about being scattered. We sometimes are at our desk all day and we're not maybe in our genius zone all the time and we need to defrag. Remember the old computers, we defrag the computer. So I, I love women to be able to understand what is something they can do outside of business that makes them the happiest version of them. And it's something that's physical, gets them away from the desk. So Susie, I'd like to finish the interview with this one question. What is it that you do on a very regular basis that brings you back into alignment, that lifts your vibration so high that you are the happiest Susie that you know? What would it be? I would say travel, except right now I can't do a lot of that. (laughs) Although having said that, I did just go away for two days. I was at a speaking engagement in Noosa and that was great. So for me, travel was always such a big part of my life, but in the last 18 months, um, that's been much less so. But thank goodness I have two things. I have my running and I have my CrossFit and I've done both of those for a long time now. Uh, So that really helps. Eating well and sleeping helps a lot, right? It's like a reset. Every night we go to bed, come back the next day, there's a bit of a reset, making sure you get good sleep. The other thing for me is doing what I love. Like our tagline at Her Business is do what you love every day. For me, that is learning. I mean, that is why I've got an organization that is a a learning organization. That's why for 13 years I had an events business that would bring mostly American speakers and authors to Australia. So if I'm learning in that, whether it's I'm walking the dog and I've got a podcast on, whether I'm listening to a webinar, um, whatever it is, for me, knowledge fuels me. And and, uh, and that is what enlivens me. So I gave you about three or four things. So definitely the exercise, that takes the pressure off, eating well, sleeping, and for me, uh, for me, it's learning. Absolutely brilliant. Susie, I know we're pressed for time. I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. You're an incredible woman. And just can we just mention the Find Your Focus 5-Day Challenge one more time? We will have the links there, guys, but just so we've got it, if you are in front of your computer right now while you're listening, Susie, can you give one more uh, yell out to the Find Your Focus Challenge? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are ready to get out of overwhelm and know with confidence and clarity exactly what you need to do next to grow your six- and seven-figure business, you want to head on over right now to findyourfocuschallenge.com. So findyourfocuschallenge.com. Um, it's free. It's online. It runs from the 28th of June to the 2nd of July. And I would love to see you there. Please let me know that you listen to Annette. Let me know. And I'll give you a special shout out. Um, and Annette, I just want to say thank you so much for the privilege and the honor of being able to serve your listeners. So thank you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or 
message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.